Inside Out is all about developing the inner person. You know, so often we look at our outward behaviors and we want to change things on the outside, but we don't actually understand that what's on the outside actually flows from the inside. And so often we can address things on the outside without realizing our problem is what's on the inside of us. In fact, in Proverbs it says, out of the heart, somebody say, out of the heart, flows the issues of life. And uh, our biggest problem right now is not what's outside of us, it's what's in us. And and the kingdom of God works from the inside out. Uh, Jesus, again, he, he, he said, you know, don't clean the outside of the dish. You know, start by cleaning the inside of the dish. And if you clean the inside of the dish, that outside will take care of itself. And I love the fact that we can trust our outside world, the circumstances of our life, to God. Because God's a good God. He loves us. He's for us. He wants to bless us. How, How many know that? God wants to bless you this morning. He wants to give you the desires of your heart as you delight in Him. And you can trust God with the the outside matters as long as you're dealing with the inside. See, God never wants to bless you at the expense of your heart. He wants your heart to grow so so you can handle what He wants to release into your life. In fact, I'll go to say that God's most interested in the inner person in our lives. Uh, the, The person who puts their head on the pillow at night when nobody's around. That's the person God's interested in. You know, who are you when no one's looking? That's the, the person that God wants to grow, develop, and, and move forward. Today, we're going to be looking at a classic Bible story. How many have grown up in church, attended Sunday school, you know, heard Bible stories. Uh, today, we're not going to look at Noah's Ark. I like that story. Noah's Ark's a great, great story. We're not going to look at David and Goliath because that's a good story. We're not going to look at Esther. But today, we're going to look at Daniel and Daniel and the lion's den. You know, these are some of the classic stories uh, that if you're a part of church, you grew up, you may have seen on a flannel graph. How many remember the flannel graph? Uh, growing up, you have to be a little bit older to remember that. But oh, how we have progressed. And thank God we have progressed. Uh, but we're going to be looking at Daniel in the lion's den. And, uh, you know, growing up so often in the kids' version of Daniel in the lion's den, we see Daniel being pictured as this handsome uh, young man. And he's in this den with a whole lot of Simbas. You know, and he's lying his head on uh, these Simbas or these lions, these nice lions cuddling up to them. You know, these are the pictures that we saw. But in fact, that wasn't the reality. I, I don't know if you realize, but Daniel, when he got thrown in the lion's den, he was actually around about 80 years of age. How, how many? Is that a shock? You know, a little bit of a shock. Because you've pictured him being a young man. Yeah, you pictured him, uh, you know, being young like myself. No. Uh, yeah, but Daniel, if we could throw the picture up, you know, he's probably looked a little bit like this. And how many know the lion over there is no Simba? Yeah, not even Scar. Yeah, a little bit more ferocious than Scar. Daniel, he would have been about 80 years of age. And so... 
Let's go to Daniel chapter 6, and I want you to see this, the, this story that's been told of, uh, read before in a different life. Now, now, one thing you've got to understand, Daniel here, by the chapter 6, he's serving under a different king. He's not serving under Nebuchadnezzar. Many of us have heard of Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel's friends. Now, how about that? They got thrown into the fire, and God delivered them. By this time, he is actually serving King Darius. Darius, and, and this is the third king that he had served in 80 years, the third king. Uh, what's interesting about Darius is history would record him as an amazing administrator. He was an administrative genius. And in fact, he reorganized everything in the kingdom that he had. He, he organized things to a point where he put 120 satraps, uh, that's a cool name, satraps, he, he put them in place, and the satrap was simply a kingdom protector. And he had these 120 people who would be kingdom protectors, and over the 120 satraps, he put three governors, of which Daniel was one of the governors. So Daniel, he had a lot of responsibility. And so we pick it up from Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them. So, you know, the 120, were uh, they reported to the three that were above them. And Daniel was one of them that he might give account to them and that the king would suffer no loss. Verse 3, it says, Then Daniel distinguished himself. I like that. He distinguished himself. He set himself apart from all the rest. He did, he did this above the governors and the satraps because, somebody say because. because. This is how he distinguished himself. It wasn't because he had a different hairstyle. It wasn't because he was wearing a different cloak or garment. He distinguished himself because he had an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting them over the whole realm. Over the whole realm. Now, at Equipus Church, we have five heartbeats. And these five heartbeats, we pray from the culture in which we live. Our heartbeats are around the acronym HEART. Our desire as a church is to honor God. That's the H. Our heart is to excel in what we do. Our heart is to advance through serving. Our heart is to reach out. And the heart of Equipus Church is to do it together in community. I believe these heartbeats reflect the kingdom, reflect the way that God works. Now, now I like this verse because it, it, it focuses in on one of our heartbeats, which is to excel. See, see Daniel, it says, he distinguished himself because he carried an excellent spirit. Give our best to impress. Yeah, you know, I believe that's not an excellent spirit in its entirety. How many believe God deserves our best? Anybody out there? Three people. That's great. You're saved. You love Jesus. Yeah. It's like, come on. How many believe God deserves our best? Not not the leftovers, but He deserves the best. He He saved us. Now, now, so often. 
we can give our best just to impress the people around us. Now, I want to say to all the single ladies out there, don't be fooled by first impressions. You know, while he's dating you, he can be all nice, he can be generous, but, but you've got to look at all of his life to know who he really is. You know, look how he treats his mum. Look how he treats his friends. And if you don't like how he treats them, hey, hey, guess what? If he makes a commitment to you, one day you're going to be one of them. And, and you've got to look. See, anybody can do something to get something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, so many people, well, I, you know, I'll give God this if I get something back. But that wasn't Daniel. Dan, Daniel didn't just do something. You know, every now and then, so he could advance. It was said of him, he had an excellent spirit. Spirit. He didn't just do excellent things. He carried an excellence in his spirit, and that spirit went wherever he went. Uh, at work, how I many know at work, it's easy to give your best to impress. You know, when the boss is around, you're working hard, uh, doing all these things, but when he goes out of the room, you know, another window comes up, goes to social media, or comes back, flicks back, goes back, come on now. You know, it's easy to give your best when other people are watching. You know, I worked in a service station when the boss was there. You know, everybody was going around, stacking the shelves, you know, making sure they're all nice and neat, you know, going out onto the forecourt, would you like a walk all and water checked? But the moment the boss left, you know, guys would retreat back to the back room and just watch the monitors and just come out to collect the money. You know, and they'll give their best depending on who was watching. Uh, when it comes to God, how many know God is always watching? And he deserves our best. I love what Colossians chapter 3 says in verse 23. It says, whatever you do. Somebody say, whatever you do. Come on, say, whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart. With all your heart as working for the Lord. Here's the deal. You're not working for an employer. You're not working for the government. You're working for who? You're working for the not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance, which is far greater than a paycheck, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is Lord Christ that you are serving. It's Lord Christ. This is who we're serving. This is why we do what we do. And in Daniel's life, all through his life, we see him standing out and serving with this excellent spirit, and we see him going the extra mile. And, and the king looks at Daniel and goes, this guy, he's standing head and shoulders above everyone else serving in my kingdom. So, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put him in charge, and, and he's only going to be second to me. How, how many know that sounds like a great day? Hey, you get a promotion at work. Great day. You know, because that's what Daniel got. He's still serving God. You know, you think promotion. Now he can be a greater witness. Uh, but the reality is that promotion caused him a lot of trouble. Uh, that promotion on the outside 
actually introduces a lot of trouble that he's going to have to go through on the inside. Because how many know not everybody's happy when you succeed? And not everybody's happy when you get that promotion. Uh, remember, there were three governors over the 120 satraps. And guess what? The other two governors, they got jealous. And they go hunger games on him. <laughs> we're we're going to take this guy out. We're going to falsely accuse him. We're, we're going to get him out of the picture. Uh, we're jealous. We want what he has. So we're going to take him down. Now, now today what we're going to do is we're going to look at how Daniel endured this attack. Uh, we're going to look at how he stood strong in the middle of severe opposition. Because here's the thing. If you're going to fulfill God's purpose in your life, guess what? You're going to face opposition. Number one, the first thing you need to realize is that when God raises you up, Expect people to try and pull you down. When God raises you up, you need to expect people to try and pull you down. There's always a level of opposition and resistance to the purposes of God. How many know when it comes to the kingdom? You know, we're in this kingdom of light, and there's only two kingdoms at work. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. This is... The war we're in. And the enemy of our souls is not just going to roll over and go, here you go. It's all yours. Anything received in the kingdom comes uh, with a fight, comes with a level of resistance. But that resistance isn't bad. Because if we look at it from the right perspective, the resistance and the opposition in our life is the thing that God causes, that God uses for us to grow. It's so important that as believers that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. 2 Corinthians 2.10, Paul's talking about forgiveness and how we need to operate in the spirit of forgiveness. With everyone, we can't hold unforgiveness uh, to to anyone because we've been forgiven of much. And he says, hey, don't let Satan outwit you. Don't be ignorant. Don't be unaware of his schemes. Because when you harbor unforgiveness in your spirit, you're allowing bitterness in. And in the end, that bitterness will destroy you. Not the person that you're holding unforgiveness against. See, the, the devil will always try and latch on to relational issues. To cause an offense, to produce bitterness. How many know Daniel? He had worked with these guys. They they were his peers at work. They were the three, the three amigos. They were the three. Now, two of them had it in for him. Uh, You would think they would be happy for him. Uh, You'd get surprised at how many people get mad over another person's blessings or success. Sometimes it, it can even be in a church setting. You know, somebody tries to dampen your enthusiasm yeah. for God. Going, oh, you're just going through that stage. Yeah. Uh, they're not excited by God, but they come in come on, and they try and dampen your enthusiasm. Yeah. 
they aren't happy with you progressing, with you moving forward, because something's not happening on the inside of them. You know, they even criticize it and judge things as hype or a fad that they're going through. You know, know, it's, it's like, it's like, nah. You know, a lot of people don't mind your progressing and moving forward just as long as you don't pass them. I got my license at 15, and uh, for many years I was an immature driver. Because on the road, uh, I liked overtaking. I didn't like being overtaken. How many are with me? It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing passing me? I pass a lot of people, but I hated being passed. You know, I reckon that's a lot of us. You know, we, we don't mind overtaking other people, but when other people pass us, we get a little bit threatened. We, we get a little bit insecure. We don't mind having people going forward, but long as they're not going further than us. You know, that's our spirit. And there's a lot of immaturity because people get threatened when that happens. But how many know as you mature as a driver, the whole purpose is about getting there? It's not how many cars you overtook or how many cars overtook you. Because here's the deal with endurance. Endurance isn't about pace. It's about consistency. Endurance is not about pace. It's about consistency. And for us to really move forward and stand out, we're going to endure the test of time. And we've got to stop measuring ourselves against somebody else. We've got to stop expecting everyone to celebrate our success. Your success will threaten some immature people. But here's the deal. God will use the resistance in your life to draw you closer to Him. I found resistance comes when you make a decision. Maybe God's spoken to you about downsizing. Uh, maybe God's spoken to you about getting out of debt or addressing that relational issue. Maybe God's even said something like, hey, I want you to stay at home and invest time into your kids. Uh, maybe God's spoken to you about going on mission, using your annual leave and doing that. Maybe God's spoken to you about establishing good patterns of behavior uh, when it comes to church, being a regular attender at church. Uh, maybe it's a whole lot of other stuff that, that is culturally unpopular. That, that isn't what your friends are doing. Mm. You know, people will look at those decisions and, and because it's not normal, that they'll look and they'll judge it. They may even criticize it. You know, in New Zealand, we call it the tall poppy syndrome. In the US, they call it the crab syndrome. How many of you heard the crab syndrome? Uh, the crab syndrome is when you put a whole lot of crabs in a bucket And one crab says, I don't want to remain in this bucket. I want my freedom and tries to crawl out of the bucket. And then what happens is they're crawling out. Another crab tries to, that will latches onto them and pulls them back down. In other words, if I can't be free, you can't be free. If I'm not going to move forward, I'm going to hold you back to at least where I am. Can we see this at work in Daniel's life? These two guys. 
They, they go after him. They have it in for him. And in verse 4, it says, So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But listen to this. They could not find, they could find no charge of fault because he was faithful. He was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. These men said, we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. In other words, we tried to dig some dirt up on him, but all as we can see is this guy faithfully served his God. Uh, we can't find anything bad apart, of, uh, apart from the fact that he had a relationship with God. How many know that's not bad? Yeah. Uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I get amazed that some people, you know, get quite resistant or all upset when, when, when the church asks for people to volunteer or get involved. Hey, we're not asking you to do anything bad. Uh, this is a good thing. Uh, this is a good thing. Yeah, it's going to take your time. All oh, the church is taking up all my time. Well, it's better than a whole lot of other things taking up your time. Come on, this is going to grow you spiritually. This is going to develop your inner person. You know, come on, woman with a quick purr. Don't be resistant. Some of you, I don't like going to women's events. Well, you need to go to women's events because you're a woman. It, it will grow you. It will challenge you. Yeah, you may feel a little bit uncomfortable, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing because it's only in, in those places of discomfort do you grow. But there's something inside of us, some that, uh, even inside of us, there's a resistance. And, and it's almost like the enemy puts all these stupid arguments in our head that stops us moving into a place where we move forward. Uh, what an awesome thing to be passionate about God. Yeah. Oh, come on, that's a good thing. To be passionate about God. Next day, yeah. a time you see somebody fired up for God, be inspired. Yeah. Be inspired, baby. Yeah. Say, that's something that I want to see happen in my life. I like what Rick Warren says. He says, you cannot control the lies that people speak about you, but you can control the truth. Live so that people have to make up stuff in order to accuse you. Now, here's one of the problems, I believe, of what we have in Western Christianity. So often people believe, hey, I'm serving God, and because I'm serving God, I shouldn't face any opposition. Everything should just run smoothly. I'm just trying to do what God told me to do. You know, that shouldn't mean I have any people come up against me. Yeah, I, I should never have to face a hard time in my life because I'm serving God. I, I want to say the reality of that is not true. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers of the dark world. And whenever you're moving forward in the kingdom, you can always re expect resistance from the prince of darkness. Come on, I want to say, open your eyes. There, there's a resistance out there that wants to stop you moving forward. I said this before, and I'll say it again. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. I say that again. If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, 
you're not ready to be used by God. Here's the deal. We shouldn't freak out when we have opposition. In fact, we should be more worried when we don't have any. If we, we haven't got any opposition, are we really taking territory for God? So these two administrators, they worked a plan to get rid of Daniel. Now, what they did is they first, they sucked up to the king. I don't know what they said. Maybe they said, man, you're looking pretty buff there. You've been to the gym lately. You know, I don't know. But they got his ego inflated. And how many know kings were vulnerable to pride? So, so what they did is they just flattered him. And they got the king to issue a decree that over the next 30 days, 30 days, no one can pray to any other God except the king. Now, the king had a bit of an ego problem. And so with the flattery on top of that, you know, he issued this decree, this thing without thinking. Now, how many know this created a bit of a problem for Daniel? Because the other administrators knew that Daniel was a great man of prayer. They knew that. They knew that he was a great man of prayer. Isn't it interesting? I, I wonder if a law like that was made today, how many of us would actually be worried? How many of us would be worried? Because are we known as a person of prayer? See, see, they knew this created a problem for Daniel because he was faithful in his prayer. You've got to understand, when you hear this, we think of these cute little lions, you know, the symbols of this world, Daniel looking good in the lion's den. But I picture these lions, you know, I think we're going to look at these lions a little bit like this, if you could put these lion pictures up. Yeah, I mean, no, they're nasty. Uh, they're a killing machine. You know, here's the thing. Daniel made a decision having no idea whether God would rescue him or not. Just thinking, just thinking, you know, that, that could have been an option, could have faked it, you know. But he didn't take any of those first two options. What, what did he do? He had the threat of being thrown into a lion's den if he didn't obey that command. What did he do? He kept praying. He didn't hide it. And he risked death. That's what Daniel chose. Where in this world did this audacious faith come from? Second thought. Second thought is merely to pray 
is what gave him the strength to stand. So good. Kneeling to pray is what gave him the strength to stand. Uh, Let's read verse 10. It says, Now Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as, listen to this, as was his custom since his early days. As was his custom since his early days. In other words, it's just what I do. Since when? How long has he been doing this? Since his early days. Three times a day, he prayed. Three times a day, he was down on his knees. See, our our first response to trials should never be to panic. But to always pray. We're coming near to the end of 21 days of prayer. And the response has been huge. It's been massive in so many quarters from 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning. People are coming out to pray. God is moving. God is doing something. But, but also in there, I'm going, hey, some others could really do with this. Yeah, I, I look around the room sometimes and I see a great portion of people in their 20s. And don't get me wrong, I'm not having a go here, but I am a little bit, you know, it's like, hey, I'm going, where's all our 40-year-olds? Don't you need God anymore? Can't you prioritize prayer? Come on, have you stopped doing something that you used to do? Here's Daniel in his 80s, and three times a day, he's praying. I mean, no, he's got some problems. Oh, I don't have time. I've got too much on at work. No, you need God because you've got too much on at work. Yeah, I've got issues in my family. No, you need God because you've got things going on at home. You need God in those places. Uh, Daniel, he didn't react to his situation. He just did what he's been doing for years. Uh, he didn't even announce it publicly. Uh, he, even when he ate, didn't eat the king's food, he didn't defile himself. He just quietly went about what he always did open the window and say, hey, I'm not listening to you, King Darius. I'm going to seek the God of heaven. Hashtag, I'm so spiritual. <laughs> no, no, listen to this. He, he did what was his custom. Yeah. Yeah. What is custom? He had always done it. See, I'm absolutely, completely convinced that much of the success in Daniel's life came as a result of his pre-decisions. The decisions that he made in advance, not when the crisis hit. Hey, if you're in a crisis right now and you're in church, this is a good place to be. Uh, But now put in place decisions that are going to help you for the things ahead of you. Uh, First of all, Daniel made a decision, pre-decision, that he would not defile himself with the king's delicacies. The Bible says because of that decision, he looked 10 times better than his counterparts. Come on, how many want to look 10 times better? Amen, amen. Some of us could do it. (laughs) Me, me. Here in his 80s, he was just resting on a decision he had made decades before. 
I'm just going to pray three times a day. When the threat eventuated, he's saying, God, I need you in the start of my day. Hey, God, I need you in the middle of my day. And I need you as the day wraps up. I, I need your presence. See, see, a devotion is not just 10 minutes in the morning, 15, half an hour in the morning, and then I forget about God the rest of the day. God is saying, God, I need you in every aspect of my day. I, I need your presence. I can't do this by myself. Come on. Come on. Now, here's a question I want to ask you is what is your pre-decided plan to get to know God? Uh, what is your pre-decided plan to get to know God? Uh, see, if you don't have a plan, the chances are that you won't get to know God. Mm. Having no plan, as the saying goes, is a plan to fail. Mm. Is a plan to fail. Uh, here's the deal. If you don't endure, if you're to push forward, you've got to have a reservoir mm. in your life to do that. Yeah. You need to have money in the bank in the spiritual sense so that when you face resistance and there may be a withdrawal emotion, there may be a withdrawal yeah. Yeah. from any place that you don't go bankrupt, Good. That, that, that you don't lose heart, that you don't lose faith. You need to have a reservoir. That's what daily devotions are about. Come on, if you don't have a plan, I really encourage you, get a Bible reading plan. Some of you say, well, I'm not good at reading. Well, there's Bible apps out there that read, read the Bible for you. Uh, no, no, it's not like you just turn it on and go away. But you can listen to the Bible. As you read, there's plan. See, if you don't have a plan to get to know God, chances are you'll be at the same place or even worse place at the end of the year. Yeah, you've got to have a plan. I'm going to show up to prayer meeting. You know, I, I'm going to put myself in an e-group. I'm going to reorganize my life. See, here's the deal. God's more interested in developing your character than solving your problems. So often we want just God to solve our problems. Oh, Greg, I need help. God, solve my problem. But we've got to understand that God's more interested in developing you, your character, than solving your problem. Let's not use God as a quick fix. I want you to notice here, also notice the posture of prayer, where was he? he was on his knees. He could stand before man, hold to his conviction, because he was on his knees before God. It's one of the most powerful postures. It's a posture of humility, openness, vulnerability, to make you stand. You've got to have patterns of behavior. Now, Paul said to Timothy, hold fast to the pattern of sound words. Come on, I want to say to you in this busy world, hold fast to the pattern of sound words. Even when it comes to church, don't be casual in your t attendance. Mm. It was said of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, it says, he said he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, listen to what his custom was. He went to the synagogue, went to the house of God on the Sabbath, and he stood up and read. Uh, we live in a busy world where a lot of things are competing for our attention. Come on, we need to prioritize God in our life. We need to prioritize our work so that we, we put God first. Oh, I've got too much on the work. You need God. You know, today, you know, that may mean not enrolling your kid in a sports team. 
because that might take them out of church too much. Come on, we give a pattern for our kids to follow. They don't follow what we say. They're looking at what we do. And if we're not regular in church, we're actually setting them up. That's good sense. For a place where, where they'll have the same attitude. Yeah, you may know enough of God. But I, I'm afraid some of our kids don't know these Bible stories. There's a literacy, and we're going to make decisions. It's our custom to be in the house of God, to prioritize them on the first day of the week. It might mean, this might mean not doing a business deal because it lacks integrity. That's on your knees. See, we all can have arguments in our mind. Well, what if I miss out? Uh, what if my kids misses out? They don't get selected. Uh, well, what if I, I'm single for the rest of my life? You know, maybe you break up with a boyfriend who's pushing you to do things that aren't God on them. Uh, well, what if I end up losing my job because I won't do that deal? What if? Now, I wish I could tell you that it, it was always going to work out. Daniel, he would ask, well, what if the lions eat me? <laughs> no. What if God doesn't re- uh, rescue me? How many know that's a fair question? Yeah. 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 Come on, we're not reading a Disney movie here. Yeah. This, is, this is real. Yeah. And we've got to trust that God's ways are higher than our ways. Yeah. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah. And he does things that don't make sense to us. Number three, last one, and we'll finish here is when you do right, you can always trust God with the results. You can always trust God. with When you do what is right, you can always trust God with the results. How many of Daniel didn't know the end of the story when he was in the middle of the story? We know the end. But these were real lions, not Disney cartoons. They were real lions. And he had no idea it would end up the way it ended up. All as he knew is for 80 years, he had been faithful to God. And he knew God had been faithful to him. See, I believe you never come second by putting God first. You know, the king, he's devastated because he likes Daniel when he heard. But he made a decree and he couldn't change his word. So he had to throw Daniel in the lion's den. That's what he did. But... I love this king's response, and you can read it. It says, hey, this God, Daniel, that you continually serve, he will rescue you. The king recognized that Daniel didn't just look to God every now and then, but he continually served him. He knew who Daniel was worshiping. Now, Daniel, we don't know what happened in the lion's den, but we know one thing that didn't happen, he didn't get eaten. Uh, we don't know what he did. He could have been worshiping, he could have been laughing, he could have been crying. Uh, I probably know. How, how many think he slept that night? Uh, I don't think I would have slept. But all as we know is the power of God shut the mouth of those lions. Uh, king comes in the morning, yells out, Daniel, Daniel, are you all right? Has the God who you continually serve rescued you? In other words, I've watched you for years. I've known you and you've always served him. Has the God who you continually serve rescued you from this pit of lions? Let's pick it up just to finish with 
verse 22. He says, my God, this is Daniel, sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I've found innocent before him. In other words, what's on the inside matters. And also, O king, I've done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatsoever was found on him because they believed and he, because he believed in his God. God's a miracle working God. Come on, how many want to know God's favor? Want to know God's blessing? You got to trust him. You got to put your hope in him this morning. Now what happened with the two guys, they ended up getting thrown into the lion's den. And what happened is the king makes another decree and he says, everybody shall fear and give reverence to the God of Daniel. Daniel prospers, the Bible says. Hey, God wants to prosper you, but he never wants to do it at the expense of your heart. And when you put him first, when you put God first, you'll never come second. See, I'm not talking about the one-off behaviors. I'm just saying, as a Christian, this is what we do. Come on, I don't know where your prayer life's at, but Christians, we pray. You don't have a relationship unless you're talking and communicating with one another. You try that in a marriage. That marriage won't survive. Marriage is built on communication and trust, and it's the same with God. I really believe the next revival that's going to sweep this nation is because a whole lot of people have got down on their knees and they're praying, they're calling out to God individually, but they're also doing it corporately. Yeah, I think conferences have their place, but I believe something's going to happen in prayer meetings that's going to awaken people to the Spirit of God. Come on, if there's any dryness in your life, you need to get before God. You need to establish a pattern. You need to put a plan in place. Because if you put that plan in place, God will come in. You'll have a reservoir to draw from. You'll have a reservoir to draw from. When you go through hard times, come on. We can't be weak willed. Oh, things come up. Oh, you know, it's going into a lion's den. These are the moments that we need to stand. I love the Bible. He says that He's our ever present help. He's our, in our time of trouble. Come on, God wants to help you, He wants to anoint you, He wants to equip you this morning. I don't know what you're going through, but I want to declare God's bigger, God's stronger. Yeah, you may be facing some resistance. But if you allow God, He'll grow the inside of you so that you can overcome, so that you can move forward and grow stronger in Him. It's from the inside out. From the inside out. Now I know the Holy Spirit's speaking. Because some of us, if we're to be honest, there isn't a consistency in our walk. There isn't a consistency, but... I really believe if we could just remain consistent, even when we don't feel like it. You know, the flesh is the path of least resistance, just obeying your feelings. But if we could live from the Spirit, we'd overcome those fleshy feelings and would access heaven in a way like we haven't done before. Come on right now, right across the street.